0: Only when we act together will we have the courage to change our lives and the world around us. This is why community is such an important aspect of our human experience. Welcome to the Community Heroes podcast, where we celebrate and share the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Catherine Mann. On this show, we share the stories of people using their skills, experiences, businesses, and involvement through sporting clubs and service organisations to enrich the lives of those around them. Community is so much more than the town you live in. It's a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. They are the people that support you when you need it the most. They're the ones who share the same ideas interests and attributes that you do. Now let's hear from the heroes that are pioneering, changing and impacting their communities. Hello and welcome to the Community Hero Show. Today I have joining us Robert McKenzie. Robert is a fifth generation producer of the prestigious Maccas Australia Black Angus Beef. The Mackenzie history is part of the breed's Australian success story with the highly sought after beef dating back to 1884 when Archie Mackenzie first started running Black Angus cattle on their property near Port Stephens in New South Wales. Fueled by passion to produce the highest quality cattle, the Mackenzie legacy was passed down to Archie's son Bruce, who now runs the property with his son Robert. With Robert's two sons now taking a keen interest in the operation, the combination of teamwork and togetherness us holds the family philosophy of quality beef, underscored by a commitment to genetics and breeding. Macca's Australian Black Angus beef takes a holistic approach to their operation with Black Angus cattle reared across five New South Wales property. They enjoy a stress-free life with their care and well-being paramount to the company. Maccas pride themselves on respect for the land and the cattle, an ideal that has led to the brand becoming synonymous with quality in history and integrity. Thank you so much
1: for joining us Robert. Yeah. Look. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> I think I love I love being able to talk to you know, people that just do so much. But you're really a part of uh, the success uh, with the Black Angus market. It's now world renowned, uh, and I just yeah I'm excited to hear the the story from your point of view.
1: Oh look. Yeah. No. Thanks. Look. You, you, you're definitely right. Uh, Angus beef. Uh, throughout the world is uh, a highly sought-after product. And uh, we're very lucky that we've partnered in some way with uh, Angus Australia to uh, underpin our product as a verified Black Angus program. So we're really excited about working with Angus Australia and what they do for the Angus breeders, stud, and also commercial breeders, and the producers and the exporters is just mind blowing their support is just just amazing so no we're we're very proud to be aligned with them and and producing high quality product for the australian and overseas market
0: yeah that's really great so with um with everything that's happened recently in in the world uh, how is the market going with export
1: oh look that's um th- that's a good question because um It's like a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, Obviously, um, the carriage came off the roller coaster early in the year and we've put it back on, but there's a few bent components to that roller coaster and it's travelling a little bit slow. So, um, look, 2020 was supposed to be a good year. Uh, We're coming out of a drought. We knew Australia knew that we're going to struggle for cattle numbers um, but we knew that we would have quality, hence uh, you know, good, 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 widespread rain and good pasture and 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 cattle really putting serious weight on daily. Um, Covid hit, which took a just took us right off track and took everyone right off guard, and, and it just turned the tap off to industry and uh, across the board, not just the beef industry, but. You know, the red meat industry, it, it, everything, it's slowed everything right up. Um, moving forward, we uh, it's opened up a lot of new doors. A lot more people are really conscious about what they're eating, uh, where the product comes from. Is it healthy? Is it actually what we expect it to be? So that's opened up definitely doors for us because that's our philosophy, uh, telling the story, uh, pushing a high-quality brand And and underpinned with with high quality product that it can be traced back to our farm, so that actually I suppose worked well for us.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. And so, do you think sort of coming out of this, you'll get more local support as local as in like Australian support? People making sure that they are more conscious with what they're what they're consuming.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more interest just now, and and I know when we go shopping, we sort of you know, a little bit more conscious on what we buy and what we what we eat. I think everyone after this um, realizes uh, a little bit more how precious life is and how you got to look after yourself. So I reckon we're not the only ones thinking that. So definitely within Australia, uh, people um, want to eat quality and want to know where their product's coming from. So our Australian market will definitely increase. Prior to that, we weren't selling a lot in Australia. Uh, we were focusing uh, more so on that overseas market, but um, now realising that I think the Australian consumer wants what we're delivering, um, yeah, we're really excited about um, servicing the, the needs of many people in Australia, definitely.
0: Oh, that's Great. I'm absolutely going to be yeah checking out, and making sure I can source it from where I am as well, because it would have been a very turbulent. Because did you previously also su- like supply a lot of the restaurants and the more prestigious uh, eateries?
1: Um, out, out of Australia, yeah, we were selling a premium brand, pretty well focused on the Chinese market, and and that product was. Was and still does go into uh, some of the five-star restaurants uh, in in China, and we it was great last night. We received an email back from um, one of the most prestigious restaurants on the Bund in Shanghai, and they um, they commented that we did a taste test on multiple products, and no one knew what the product was, and unanimously, everyone said that this product here had Really good flavor and taste, and um, they're ready to sign a, a long-term uh, contract with us to supply them the quality for their for their restaurant. And if you follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram, I'll be able to reveal that uh, restaurant next week.
0: Awesome! That's really great. How exciting! Congratulations on on such amazing feedback. That's just that's really great news.
1: Yeah, it was great great feedback. Yep.
0: And so, could you share a little bit more about you personally? What it's been through your whole family history, being raised around cattle. It's like you, of course, you always have choices in life, but you probably was born into your blood to just follow in the footsteps uh, of your grandfather. And yes, yeah, so would you like to share a little bit about what it's meant for you and and you know um, the the legacy that you're now carrying on?
1: Mm. I don't know whether I had a choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was just innate. You're like I, we like to think we have choices, but
1: yeah, I, af- I often dream what what else I'd do. I I on a, the, the, and this is probably strange. I always wanted to be a um, a soldier in in the Australian Army. That's something that you know I I have a lot of passion and respect for. So that's something I probably would have done. And uh, and then my other. Other uh, goal was to probably be like a helicopter pilot, maybe for something like Westpac or or Careflight. But uh, my my son actually he's a helicopter pilot now, so he's um, for us. So he's um, he's he's uh, he got to do that. I didn't, so all good. But back to that question. Yeah, look, I had choices. We all have choices, but. Um, you know, you leave school, you start working and you know, time goes so quick. Um, you actually enjoy loving doing what you're doing. And um, and I think it was just an, a natural fit, you know, when you're around cattle and animals. And obviously this isn't our only business. We've ventured into a few other businesses and, and we have a couple, but this is obviously our Pride and joy, and our passion and our commitment, and we're very proud of it. We're definitely very proud of history, and and not just our history. You know, if we buy a property and it's got an old dairy on it, we will rebuild that dairy to give credit or respect to the to the people that that lived there and owned that. Uh, we will maintain the same names for the uh, for for paddocks, the same names for the properties. We will uh, restore. An old house back to its glory, and I think that's a part of our, our, you know, our obligation. I, I see, and, and we're lucky enough that the local people in in one area see that, and the local paper came out and did a story on how we brought old buildings back to life. So um, history is very important, and we have a great history, and we have a great story. And I thank my uh, grandfather, and actually his aunties that that moved to this area and, and reared cattle and wren cattle on not only their own land, but anyone else's land that didn't have a fence. Um, swam cattle across, across uh, water to put them on an island uh, to get free feed. So um, maybe we came out in the first fleet. I don't really know.
0: Industrious in your own way of uh, finding opportunities, but it was looking for grass than anything
1: else. Yeah, they were, yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. And so your grandfather, he was actually raised by his aunties in the
1: 1800s. Yeah, he was raised by his aunties. And, and look, I don't know, you know I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot. He was raised by his two aunties. They never had kids. Uh, and they had a few cows and um, and my grandfather was actually a very, very smart, intelligent man. He wanted to be a schoolteacher. Um, but he had trouble hearing, so he just put himself to, to work on the land. And yeah, look, from humble beginnings, um, married you know, married my, my grandmother, and they had a, a post office and a, a phone exchange. She ran that. He had, uh, he had some cattle and then had a little taxi service at the same time. They actually named a street after my grandmother in the local area, so that's that's great. And um, and yeah, and then and then obviously my father he um, he took on the cattle side of it and bought a bit more property and slowly grew. And then when I come on board, I remember buying my first um, first heap of cattle and, and my own and put my own ear tag in it. But they soon just got you know mixed up in the mob and my cattle become everyone's cattle and vice versa. So that was the easiest way. Uh, and then we've just grown and and we're definitely focused on growth in the last. Uh, Eleven years, um, seeing both of my boys take a, a, a keen interest, and and my daughter also, but she's a hairdresser. But my two boys taking a very keen interest, uh, being a part of it, and uh, and dedicated and keen to see the legacy really go from strength to strength, and that's and that's what we we want to do. And my oldest son did a double degree at Armadale. UNE agriculture and business. My youngest son, diesel mechanic. uh, Since get his helicopter license, um, and that both work work on the farm. So it's good.
0: Yeah, that's great. And continue on. Yeah. How exciting.
1: Yeah, it's challenging. Lol. (laughs)
0: What are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face with, um, well, one with the, with you know, with the business and the farming, but also, you know, with ensuring that the family
1: relationships have
0: stayed strong as well?
1: Well, I suppose it's, it's managing different, uh, I suppose, people's, thoughts and you know when you talk you know my dad's 83 i'm 51 the kids are in their 20s we have different ideas and philosophies so the main thing is to to be able to hear um you know each one's thoughts but you have to be you have to be flexible and even if you know that maybe you know that's not the perfect way of doing that you you try that you talk about that and if it doesn't work you go back the other way but that's a learning curve and look I still do things things wrong we all we all do things wrong but I think the other part is try to segregate that you have some sort of ownership on different parts of the operation so you know you can be proud of what you're doing there and you know and you can overlap and help someone doing that so that you know there's there's definitely there's definitely challenges there you know but look there's always challenges when you're on the land isn't there oh yeah Definitely.
0: Every single day, it's always something different.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's hard to wake up.
0: <laughs> it's, you know, and sometimes you look at, when you look at the whole picture of what our farming community have to go through, it's a next level dedication and resilience for them to continue to go through the heartache of the, you know, fires, floods, um, everything. And you... You know, for me, I just always look at them in absolute awe of how they continue to go through. But it's because they're just they've got such a drive and such a passion for what they do of being able to work on the land and their animals and provide good quality produce to people.
1: That's their really what drives them so strongly. <laughs> look, it is. And I think I think um when they Feel that community is out there. Like, for instance, the drought, and they and they can look and say, "Well, look at me. People do care." That that helps You got people like Rural Aid, and you know, we you know help and will be part of Rural Aid. We've we've um, you know um have promoted Rural Aid quite heavily. You know, and people know that they've got that sort of support when time is as time is tough. You know, there's a lot of community support. Okay. Um, I also feel there's a lot of industry support, and I'm talking about industry as MLA there to support you. Um, uh, New South Wales DPI, Austrade if you want to export, you know, or you know, there's a lot of those bodies there that actually, you know, if if you've got an idea or if you want to do something, you can definitely you can definitely help. And obviously. You know, those industry bodies are amazing. You know, They give a lot of support. You know, you can have vets, you can have all that. So that makes it worthwhile. Obviously, um, government legislation and red tape is, is, isn't is good. Um, you know, some things you can and can't do on your property, um, you know, there's the, – Government needs to step in and knock some bureaucrats on the head and be a little bit more realistic. Like, we care for the land. We, um, you know, we're out getting rid of weeds when the governments are letting weeds go crazy on the side of the roads. Um, We understand the importance of looking after our waterways and looking after our trees and looking after our vegetation, looking after our grass and, like I said, weed control. We understand all that. Um sometimes there's, there's, you know the government needs to give us a little bit of a little bit more support. And don't get me wrong, they they definitely do in some in some ways, but I think you yeah, know a little bit more assistance would be would be greatly appreciated and get rid of some red tape, and some bureaucracy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And because sometimes the you know you scratch your head with some of the calls they make, the things they put in place. And so if you just came out and just asked the questions to the people that are living on the land, oh, you probably yeah. would, you'd see it from a totally different perspective. You yeah. understand they can't do that with everything, you know, but yeah, especially with um, with the way that they treat the water and just realising of how it, it you know, critical uh healthy waterways are and Mm. being able to maintain it you know encouraging people to to put the right uh filtering plants and things around you know just it's just the it's sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest difference especially in the long run
1: oh yeah and 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 to get you know we got we had we spent seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars keeping stock alive in the drought in that last half of 2019 So $750,000, we didn't, we did not, um, we were unable to get any assistance um, whatsoever because we have off-farm business, right? So here we are putting a lot of time, money back into agriculture, but because we had off-farm businesses also, we couldn't get one bit of assistance, one bit of help. Now that, to me, is is wrong, um, because we put a lot of time and money and effort into our agriculture, and our cows are, are starving and, and dying of thirst, the same as anyone else's. So there's a little bit of red tape there that was a bit dis a bit disappointing, but um, there's there's not enough. You're right. There's no consultation or. See and reason in in some of the things they do. Like, and as a farmer, you constantly feel that there's some. I suppose there's some knock. You get knocked down and you get up again. Like for instance, here here today, uh, we received an email on Monday saying, "Oh, RMS are thinking about putting a 4.5 kilometre road right through uh, our property. Some of the best grazing property along the east coast of Australia." Stuff that we're property where we've spent thousands of hours making amazing. Uh, actually, less than seventy-five meters from this house, they want to put a, a four-lane road where the the alignment for the original road it, it can be duplicated very easy. They've already acquired the, all the property through that through that road, uh, you know. 10 or 15 years ago, and then they've come up with, oh, we'll just put this new road through here, uh, stuff your farmland, split it in half. Uh, oh, there's going to be a four-lane road right next to your your house. And it just, you know, you just think, are you joking? It's just an absolute kick in the guts. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we don't have enough prime farmland, and they want to put it st- four kilometres of dual lane road straight through straight through um, two of our properties on the coast. It just, anyway, that was a great wake-up on um, Monday to get that email from RMS. Thanks, RMS. Mm, how Anyways, stressful. Yeah, it was a bit annoying. But anyway, but no, there's challenges. But yeah. um, we, we just keep doing it because we love it because it's a part of our life and we have a lot of support from industry bodies and people.
0: And one thing I really love about your story and your, your your values that you and your family hold really strong is the caring for the nature along with the animals. I think that's a great approach, and um, and I you know know a lot of people don't realize just how much uh, people and farmers look after the land and actually, you know, providing regeneration and and re-veg areas. And so do you want to talk a little bit about what it is and and what that means, just so people have a bit of an idea of of what you mean by looking after the land along with your
1: animals? Yeah, look, to have, you think about yourself, to be healthy you have to eat healthy. To be healthy you have to... You know, um, live healthy. You have to be in a good environment. You have to be comfortable. Um, so, our philosophy is: you know, healthy, happy animals produce great mothers, are great mothers, uh, and produce great product to to eat. So, how do you get that? You obviously have to have um, good good property. You know, fresh water, but well well looked after soil well looked after grasses and that's why you know weed control is 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 massive because you can imagine you know weeds on a property can just be out of control so weed control is important to look after the the land um, trees are important to <coughs> offer you know windbreaks and shelter and um and shade like for instance if it's a cold windy terrible you know night cattle want to be in a, an area where the wind slowed down so it's important you Now all farmers want tree breaks and you know trees there for wind in a terrible terrible hot day you know they need some shade. So we want trees for shade um, farmers actually love animals i don't know whether you, you, you realize that but we want birds and you have to have trees. So most farmers, you know they want to have they want to have good quality, healthy, beautiful trees, they want to have good quality, healthy, beautiful grass and soils, and they want to have fresh water uh, for for the cattle. So we definitely look after our land and and most farmers I know are the same because if we don't have healthy land, we don't have healthy cattle. If we don't have healthy cattle, we don't get decent price for them. So it's a catch-22. It's very easy to do it. Um, Obviously, you know, we we spread a lot of organic fertiliser, really focus on healthy soil. Um, Healthy soil produces healthy grass, as I said. Um, You know, we we... you know, we, we dig up dirt, you know, how how healthy are the worms, how you know, do soil test sampling. We have an agronomist that comes and does a you know, checks on what's going on and advises us, look, we need this, we need to do that. Uh, the cows might be lacking in a little bit of this. We'll put we'll get a, a you know, a lick a lick block in this paddock. So we you know, we care about the land and we care about uh, about the animals. And I suppose that's why Also, when we had the fires, you know, so many farmers are up in arms because of, you know, a lot of this could have been avoided by more controlled back burning. Uh, Wouldn't, you know, we have to burn. We know that we have to burn and we burn at the right time of the year. And we need to be able to do that on our properties to maintain that. Like we had fire on one property and it was, it was uh, very, very fierce and very hard to contain. It took a lot of man hours and it risked a lot of people's lives to try to do something where we could burn off in the, in the winter and the fire moves very slow, very steadily. Uh, we don't lose as many animals because the flames are only, you know, a metre high instead of in the treetops. So we understand how to look after the land, same as our Indigenous folk. You know, they knew how to burn.
0: Yeah, I love watching Indigenous birds. They're amazing. I just yeah. they, they have it absolutely nailed. Their whole ethos and the way that they can, like, construct it is just, it's so, yeah. they're, they're so intuitive as well. It's like, yeah, no, it's right. They, you know, you just see them walk through and then they just stop go, yep, this is where we start, you know, mm. and they just see it, you know, how it just sort of goes out but in such a so so controlled, so amazing. Because I think, is, people, you know, they fail to realise that if we don't burn, we have the bushfires. Then that absolutely strips the forest and and everything for for years. You know, it takes takes so long to come back. I lived just out of Beechworth when the Black Saturday bushfires hit, and you know, just to, it's still you still see the scars on the trees and you know the the like the um vegetation is not is not good like it was and it's yeah, it's it's not what comes back is also more scrubby and you can see it's going to create more of a fuel hazard uh right. later down the track as well so it's yeah I, I'm a big big advocate and supporter for for control burning um and yeah I think it needs to be done everywhere and and as often as possible and like when we were kids like in on the farm we, we always used to do it on our yeah. own property you know it yeah. was it was okay um that yeah you just don't we,
1: see individuals doing it anymore well we're learning this we're losing the skill yeah okay so where i would burn my grandfather would burn and my father would burn and and i know that i i I, we, I burn less so my kids hardly burn at all so what's going to happen to their kids so we're actually losing knowledge of how fire works and how to ma- manage it and how to how, and how to to respect it so we're actually losing the knowledge so in another generation we've got no idea how to how to burn and a lot of these fire brigade um, chiefs and people in the fire brigade are in a lot of places are farmers that understand it we're lo- losing the skill Uh, of managing fire and um and you know someone needs to realize that we have to burn off
0: it should be yeah set set it out okay you you, every year you've got to do this percentage of your property you know (laughs) and then it's a tangible it's a tangible thing you can go okay well i know and because it's great for grasses and weed control as well because it, it brings out some yeah it does lots of Lots of great things. Anyway, bit of a nerd when it comes to that. I, <laughs> I think it's good. One uh, of um, the the other areas I really wanted to to chat with you about because, and I love that you do this, is your support within the community. You've meant you you mentioned earlier just about how much farmers need it just to know that they're supported with what it is that they're doing. But can you share a little bit about how you <laughs> as well uh, share back into the community and some of the initiatives you're a part of?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Well, you're, you're right. Farmers just, we just want to know that we're heard and we have support because it's just in our, in our blood to give back. Like community events, you know, farming communities get together, whether it's cooking scones or lamingtons, um work and bees at schools you know all that happens in the bush you know fix up a community hall uh, get together in a rural fire fire brigade all those things you know ses those farming families uh, are a part of that raising money for something so farmers are definitely really good at that and that's why it's great that I suppose we know that the the city folk and we know that they are understand that sometimes we're going through some tough times. So yeah, farmers farmers are, are great at give, giving back. And um that's something that's in our blood. And I suppose, you know, you you look back as you know my grandfather had a little bit of a taxi service. That's a community thing. He would have saw the need to help some people get around. I'll buy a car and you know, I'll get a couple of bob for this and you know next minute you know, we need a post office. Well, my grandmother ran the post office from home. Uh, we need someone to look after the phone exchange, or she did that from home. So they're community things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah fair absolutely. Enough. They probably got paid, but they were still—it's a community thing. So I suppose that's that's in our blood. And then my and you know, my father spent a bit of time in local government, and I remember as a kid, you know, we're going laying grass at a football oval or we're we're at um at a golf course seed and something or he's you know we're always doing those community things or then he ran a, a youth the youth group for you know heaps of kids and so that's it that's in your blood well you you know you keep you keep doing that and um Six years ago, my oldest boy rode a postie bike, raised $11,000 for Aussie helpers. He rode a postie bike from from uh, one side of Australia across the broom. Uh, I'm right, Dad. I'm going with me, mate. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to be right. Um, you sure you don't want me to come? No, no, Dad. Anyway, the next day, oh, maybe you should come. We broke a few spokes and we need a few of this. And okay, right, oh, you twisted my arm. Uh, so I, I Road trip. A, yeah, road trip. <laughs> but they rode a posty bike and raised $11,000. That's then, incredible. Yeah. And then I know he went out with um, uh, Sunrise when they had um, a lot of fires out west, probably back in, you know, 2017 or something like that, I'm guessing, or, or 16. And he went out and donated some time. They went on a bus and left from, from Sydney and he donated a bit of time and then some other things that the boys have done. But us as a, as a family, you know, we sponsor the local football team. You know, junior and the soccer team, we've always been a part of that. But I suppose let's just look at this year. Um, we donated beef jerky to New South Wales Ambulance Service for the first responders. I actually really respect what they're doing and i know they're doing it tough and, and they're out there every day and that was just you know our little bit i know that i've been at a shop when some ambulance officers have come in and I've, I've paid for their food it makes you feel makes you feel good but you know what they would feel good um what else the reverend bill Cruz foundation we donate beef beef to them um, yeah, you know, they are feeding um, homeless people and people that are struggling with life on a regular basis in Sydney. That was great to go down there and meet the Reverend Bill Cruz. Um, donated beef jerky for the R U O K Day to the Hunter New England Mental Health Service and took that in and said, "Look, on the R U O K Day, family members or or clients that will come in and see you, just give them this," and they come back and said it was it was great. Probably the biggest one was we cooked 400 meals for when covid first hit that was different because i i remember delivering some of those meals i thought i'd never be a postman finding the address was a headache so we delivered 400 meals to the local elderly people and we got people to 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 Ring in on someone that they know might be elderly or whether it's family members, and we delivered some food to them and also uh, the elders in the Aboriginal community. We did that, and that was great. That was, yeah, I, I, I like that because I think I, that's where I was you know, doing that a little bit more. Um, we um, have been promoting our, uh, the, um, the rural aid. So yeah, we we met on the farm and we did a bit of a uh, a story on on you know how how important rural aid is is for farming for farming families. So that was good. And look, there's just numerous other things that we've just sort of been doing. But look, that's that's all you know irrelevant. It's just. Yeah, I think everyone in different ways, whether it's buying a raffle ticket or whether it's donating something for a raffle or whether it's helping out at a, a local event, everyone um, wants to, to do that. Not everyone knows how or, or where can I go and, and, and donate some time. But look, at the end of the day, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people in Australia donate time and money um to to charities or just to other people so we're just doing doing our little bit and it's just probably a little bit easier because we've got some product that's easily to easy to give and we do um westpac helicopter and you know we we sponsor or do things for the um children's cancer appeals and uh, all that sort of stuff so
0: yeah, right. great, and, and I like what I'm, you said. You know, utilising your, your products and your produce, yeah. but but you also did, um, yeah, donate a new concrete driveway to a, right. a centre as well, which I think is great because again you identified a need, and it was the the Yacka Bear, uh, uh, the
1: Yacka Yacka Centre at Nelson Bay, where they look after um, people that might be suffering from domestic violence, um, some drug abuse and we, um, we donated. They didn't have a driveway, and it's actually, you know, walking up a dirty hill full of dirt and rocks and trip over, so we, um, uh, we donated that. And at the same time, um, we've, um, we joined um, the Port Stephens um, Suicide Prevention um, Society where we can just help. Probably try to raise awareness and 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 help. And I think that everyone knows after COVID that it's t- it's been different, and people have handled it different. So for us people in the bush, it hasn't affected us our day to day living that much. But for people, you know, in Melbourne or people that you know have to spend every day with someone where they haven't spent every day with someone, or just have to work from home, it's been tough for a lot of people. And and that's probably why we we uh, we try to do our extra little bit this year. And uh, if we're able to reach out to someone and and they know that wow, well, someone cares, or I got a packet of beef jerky, or you know I got this feed from this people, or this driveway was built from donated, and it's easy to walk in, or or us joining the Port Stephens Suicide Prevention Group, uh, that makes us happy.
0: It's really good to hear.
1: Yeah, it's good.
0: And so what is your big sort of dreams and visions for the future? One for yourself and then also for for Maccas.
1: Um, for the road not to go through my property.
0: Yeah, let's definitely make sure that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, that's just, uh, that that can really make you cry. Oh, really. yeah. Um, the dreams, I suppose, are uh, that we can that we're being very, might, might be remembered for um, being instrumental to, to bring uh, a smart label traceability system uh, to Australian producers and farmers so we can actually get the recognition that we deserve for the product that we produce around the world because food fraud is a $65 billion a year cost to the world economy
0: Wow, cost- do I to, can you explain that a little bit? That's inc- that's scary.
1: The food fraud is a sixty-five billion dollar a year cost to the world economy. It costs Australia three billion dollars a year. And you think about it: if you go to Sydney and you want to buy a pair of fake, uh, you know, a Gucci handbag, you'll go to Paddy's Market. But if you're in, you know, you're somewhere overseas and and you go to a butcher shop. How do you know it's Australian product? How do you know it's New Zealand product or Canadian product? Or how do you know it's French wine? You don't. You just trust. And the problem is the so $65 billion cost to the world economy is people that are bottling cheap wine that's buying it in 1,000-litre drums and marking it as a, a premium French wine. Uh people buying cheap product or cheaper product I'm not saying it's inferior but a cheaper product from maybe South America or Brazil uh, cheaper product uh, or even a cheaper Australian product and making it as, as making out or relabeling it as a premium Australian brand now we've experienced food fraud four times in Asia uh, where our brand has been copied and put on on inferior products so across the board, Uh, That affects our bottom line. It affects how much product Australia sells. It affects our manufacturing because you've got to remember agriculture is one of our true last manufacturing sectors in Australia. So food fraud affects jobs. It affects manufacturing jobs. It affects our bottom line. It affects how much product we export. And, and, again, how much we get for that product. So if we've got the ability to give the consumer the trust that they deserve when they go purchasing quality Australian products that they are Australian products, they will look out for this smart label system and they will scan that label because the label cannot be copied. It has a hidden inscription in the label, so the label will be scanned with your smartphone. The label data, will be it will be transferred straight to the the cloud-based database, and that's where it, it, it acknowledges that the label is the same. But if it can't read the inscription, it'll come back and say, "Please contact seller. This may not be authentic Australian product." So that's what I—that's what I—I uh, I suppose I'm excited about. And for us to have the support of the federal government, now the state government, we have met the National Australia, the National Party, uh, on the farm, the MLA. New South Wales DPI, State Treasury, Austrade, Macquarie University did a study on it, uh, Angus Australia are supporting us, and the list goes on. So, to have all those people recognise how important traceability is for Australia, that's great. And for us to be leading the charge, to be able to offer this smart label system or this smart label technology to every producer, every farmer. Uh, throughout Australia is just being is I suppose makes me really really happy. So it's not just there for me; it's there for everyone. And the platform is cost effective. Uh, you don't have to you know you don't have to introduce you know a whole new platform to make it work. It integrates with most uh, processing facilities, uh, uh, DHL. Uh, Cathay Pacific, um, uh, Eddie Had Airways. I met with them last week. Um, it integrates all their system to send the product um, or products around the world, and it's and it's trackable. So the consumer can track the product, and they can get the story. And you. Can that's great. Them. It's great. It's great. So that's that's one really
0: of. Geez, you're just ingenuity in you, man. <laughs> That is amazing. That's it, such a, it's, you know, I think the thing is it's it's simple, it's easy, and it's effective. That's what you need. It works. Yeah. Mm. Good on you. I can't wait to see that come out. That is going to really be a game changer in protecting the assets and the produce of Australian farmers. and oh, well, But then everybody, really, yeah. same mm-hmm. with all the wineries overseas, they can, yeah, protect their own, their own yeah. you know, own products. That's brilliant. Well done.
1: And I think the only other thing is that um, we are recognized for um, being an industry leader in in quality uh, in in animals being able to like obviously we we really have top quality animals and, and a lot of people do but we you know we want to be become a, an industry leader in supply and replacement uh, heifers to uh, to restockers and also producing a really high quality product for the end consumer. Something where, you know, you can go to <clears throat> for instance, we supplied product now to Vic Vic's Meats in Sydney, and they're one of the most prestigious butcher shops. And you know, we we want to see our product on a menu. That's what I'd like to see is go into and and it's going to be on the menu over in 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 some Asian countries, in those five star restaurants, we just want the same here in Australia. So I can go there and and gloat over seeing Macca's Australian Black Angus beef on the menu. How good will that be? That would be, That'd be for, great. Yeah, it'd be good for my be good for my grandfather. I posted something on LinkedIn. I actually got sixteen thousand people viewed it, and it was touching. I posted a photo of of myself and my grandfather, and I think my comment was wow, if you could see what we're doing now. Isn't that stunning? Yeah, this was great.
0: It'd be well above what he thought was even possible.
1: I mm, don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Or well, they have to be because I suppose you don't know what the future is And back then. Yeah, but no, no. Oh, I, I liked that post. It, and it's it beautiful. It, yeah, it was great. I was only little, but anyway.
0: The little things make the big <laughs> impact. But yeah, yeah, you do. You wonder, like, they, they are, you know, people, our grandfathers, they set the stones, they set the foundations. And it's, yeah. I think, you know, we see the foresight of some of them. They're just extraordinary. They were so above their, their thinking and their ways of yeah. doing things.
1: And they did it tough.
0: They did it so tough. They didn't have, yeah, didn't have smartphones mach- in the machinery that <laughs> you've got these days.
1: No, no but,
0: uh, but they knew what they were working for, and they set the the standards and the values uh through not just the the work and and how you do things, but also for you personally and giving back and you know they really instill those core uh core values that really change uh change the way and and shape the success of of Australians and and our communities.
1: Yeah, definitely hundred percent.
0: Beautiful. Well, do would you like to share just how people can contact you, assist you? You know, if we've got any lawyers listening that are really good with mitigating uh roads, then please reach out. But and also follow along on your journey in in everything that you do.
1: Um, yeah, well, obviously uh, Instagram. Um, I've only sort of started using Instagram in the last 12 well six months, I suppose, but I really um on the business side of things um i'm very active on linkedin and uh, linkedin has been a great a great tool for us to, to spread the word and work in that business business space it's a it's a great it's a great tool but instagram um yeah you can contact us on that
0: great and you've got a website that people can follow on and i'll put that in the show notes as well
1: yeah, it's just Macca's Australian beef. Very easy, and you can actually go on there and you can con- connect through LinkedIn or or Instagram from that. I, look, I'd love to have some you know some followers on Instagram. I've you know I've only got I don't know 125 at the moment, so it's it's, it's you know, that's that's still good. Um, but I try to tell just that bit of a story. Just, you know, loading some cattle or something that's going on and, and people like that. And I, and people like to know what I suppose different people do, whether it's, you know, I'd like to know what someone's doing in the city today and someone would like to know what, what's going on in the bush today. So it's good it's good to spread spread the word. Tell a Absolutely. story.
0: Absolutely. Uh, good on you thank you so much for joining us and telling you I've really enjoyed hearing the diversity of what it is that you do and and just the vast way that you give back to the community as well as the industry and Mm -hmm. uh that you do I just think you guys are just incredible the resilience that you have to to keep going and and keep pushing and wanting to do more it's so inspiring and thank you so much for joining us
1: no, it was, um, it, was, it was lovely to um, meet you and, and hope it reaches out to a lot of people and, and hope people enjoy hearing me ramble on. <laughs> it went, I'm like-
0: sure they will. <laughs> Thanks so much.
1: Bye. Bye, all. Thank-,
0: Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more stories of awesome everyday people helping their communities, then make sure you subscribe to this show. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at communityheroespodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram just by searching Community Heroes Podcast. Also, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn by searching Catherine Mahon. That's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-H-O-N. I hope to hear from you soon.